why does today looks like saturday really today is just wednesday and i feel it's saturday already wow that means tomorrow will be sunday and then we'll have friday again oh my god are you as glad as i am oh uh, well <laughs> all the day is a good thing right it's gives you time to rest to do your stuffs and all good morning good morning how are you doing today today is the 12th of may 2021 and gradually the month of may is moving thank god for his faithfulness for how he has been with us ever since Good morning. I welcome you again to Daily Devotion with Mo every day 7 a.m. on Regia Radio. My name remains Moyo Sarainde and today's topic will be Judgment is on the way. Our text to be read from Esther chapter 19, Esther chapter 9, pardon me, verse 13 to 19. Let us pray. Almighty Redeemer, we want to say thank you for all you have done in our lives. We want to worship you for your preservation, for your protection, for your provision. It is only by your mercy that we are not consumed today. We ask that you come help us. We ask that you help us to understand what you are about to teach us right now. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. Judgment is on the way. And our text is Esther 9, verse 13 to 19. Then said Esther, if it please the king, let it be granted to the Jews which are in Shushan to do tomorrow also according unto these days' decree. And let Amon's ten sons be hanged upon the gallows. And the king commanded it so to be done. And the decree was given at Shushan, and they hanged Amon's ten sons. For the Jews that were in Shushan gathered themselves together on the fourteenth day also of the month Adar and slew three hundred men at Shushan. But on the prey they led not their hand. But the other Jews that were in the king's provinces gathered themselves together and stood for their lives and had rest from their enemies and slew of their foes seventy and five thousand. But they laid not their hands on the prey. On the thirteenth day of the month Adar, and on the fourteenth day of the same rested day, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews that were at Shishan assembled together on the thirteenth day thereof, and on the fourteenth thereof, and on the fifteenth day of the same day rested, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore, the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unworld towns made the fourteenth day of the month Adar a day of gladness and feasting, and a good day, and of sending portions one to another. That was extra chapter 9 13 to 19 a key verse is verse 16 but the other jews that were in the king's provinces gathered themselves together and stood for their lives and had rest from their enemies and slew of their foes seventy and five thousand but they laid not their hands on the prey 
Among the nationality in West Africa, there is a saying that describes the Almighty as the king you don't see, but whose works fill the universe. They define the Lord in his creation and the, in the influence of nature on them. In the book of Esther, we do not get to hear God mentioned, but he is everywhere. The story of the supernatural deliverance of the Jews in the provinces of the Medo-Persian Empire in the book predates the view of the Africans about the invisible God who can only be seen when he performs preternatural feats. Although there is no mention of God's name in the book of Esther, he maintains a commanding presence to prove that he would not look on while the annihilation of the Jews was being planned by the enemies of his people. He would not permit the destruction of the nation which would produce the savior of the world. He reversed all the laws promulgated to abort his plan through the promotion of Esther and Mordecai. Hmm. Only a God in complete charge of all power in heaven and on earth can cause this reversal for a people on the brink of destruction. In the euphoria of their victory, the preserved Jews maintained their integrity by refraining from plundering the goods of their adversaries. The struggle was a matter of life and death beyond a quest for material prosperity. There was no room for carnal considerations. It was a noble mission to partner the Lord to bring judgment upon a nation acting contrary to an Evelyn project. You know, uncompromising Christians passing through persecution can take solace in the story of the Jews in the book of Esther. The Lord will not spare those maltreating and threatening them. He will move on behalf of his people and return the tide against the foes of the gospel if they refuse to repent. Thought for today. God's sword is dangling over hardened enemies of the cross. God's sword is dangling over hardened enemies of the curse. I mean, yes, of the curse. So... You know, God hates wicked people. God hates, I mean, we can even see it in Psalm 11 verse 5 that God bluntly said that he hates wicked people. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. He hates wicked people from his soul, from the very depth of his being. God hates their ways, their thoughts their worship, their actions, and their evil deeds. He singles out as a special object of his hatred the blasphemous deeds of the Nicolaitans, those who seduce God's people with idolatry and sexual immorality. Yet, this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. That was Revelation 2 verse 6. Clearly, God hates the thoughts, deeds, and desires of evil people. But for that, in some way, he hates the evil people themselves. He so reacts to them with righteous revulsion as his harm extends towards them in holy fury. But who are the wicked? All of us, we are all wicked for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So why God? Why does God hate wicked people? 
why does God have bore such hatred toward wicked people? God hates the wicked because their wickedness is first a mark of the deepest rebellion against him and against his rule. God created humanity to be perfect and sinless, to live in joyful submission to him, to offer him pure worship. But humanity rebelled and their disloyalty is displayed in acting contrary to God. God hates those who express their hatred toward him. God also hates the wicked because their wickedness is expressed in ways that harm the people he has created in his image. Because sinful people cannot storm the gates of heaven to the throne and destroy God himself. They turn on what is dearest to him and nearest to his image. And so they hurt out their wickedness against other people. They hurt them, harm them, maim them, kill them. Finally, God hates the wicked because their wickedness is expressed particularly against God's elect. Wicked people turn their fury against God's people, mocking them, persecuting them, putting them to death. So, definitely God's judgment will be on wicked people. God must judge the wicked for their rebellion. And that was why he rose up. He rose um, Esther and Mordecai up against Amon. He must judge them for their evil thoughts, their evil deeds, and even their evil desires and the will. God is the righteous judge, and a God will feel indignation every day. If a man does not repent, God will wear his sword, he has bent and readied his bow. He has prepared for him his deadly weapons, making his harrow's fury shaft. Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischiefs and gives birth to lies. He makes a pit, digging it out, and falls into the hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head, and on his own skull is violence descends. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. He said it in Psalm 145, verse 20. So, Psalm 1 verse 5 promises the wicked will not stand in the judgment. And indeed, look at it, we find Jesus speaking of that final judgment. He says that in that day, some will expect to be welcomed by God into his kingdom. Yet, all they will hear is this terrifying judgment. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. They will be consigned forever to a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God will judge the wicked and give them the fitting punishment for their wickedness. But does the wicked people have hope? Definitely. Yet there is hope for the wicked, which is to say there is hope for all of us. Therefore, as one, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many were made righteous. We will all face judgment and we will all approach that judgment with a long record of wicked thoughts and wicked deeds. Yet some will be welcomed by God into his everlasting kingdom. This will be not on the basis of any, any righteousness we have earned, but only on the basis of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. There is hope for wicked people if and only if they return to Christ in repentance and faith. Yes, and they should just come to repentance because the final end of the wicked is not good at all. Waiting for justice to be done. Mm-hmm. It is one of the um, 
are this aspect in life in our fallen world. So often we see the righteous trodden underfoot and the enemies of our Lord ascendant, and this might tempt us to wonder if things will ever be set right. Our innate sense that justice will win in the end, however, keeps us from succumbing to um, all this, and it gives us hope for an afterlife where evil is judged and good triumphs. But this hope is not mere wishful thinking, for it is confirmed in scripture. As Paul tells us, those who do not obey the truth will one day reap what they have sown in the form of divine judgment. The fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of wisdom, it is also the prerequisite for eternal life. So, it is not that such fear is a meritorious work that God rewards with eternal life. Rather, such fear is born of saving faith that unites us to Christ whose merit alone will save us through fearing the lord i mean though fearing the lord may not bring with um it's much earthly success it will bring us to eternal life where we will see justice win and evil vanquish so let us fear the lord as we look for that day so we should um bear in mind that Having the fear of God will help us to make a decision to depart from evil, to to make a decision not to be um, among the wicked people. Because if we keep on sinning, we are counted as wicked people also. The preacher has already said that wicked men and women are often honored despite their evil. And this might make us think that evil people will never get their due. In fact, the apparently delay of divine justice seems to make wicked people even worse. But we learned that the success of wicked people is but a temporary thing. Very temporary. That is, from the earthly view, limited view of human beings, it does seem that many wicked people live longer than would be due if their evil were taken fully into account. They prolong their lives, not seeming to be back to be set back by their misdeeds. Yet from a heavenly perspective, from the foundation of the fear of God, they do not lengthen their lives at all. Their days are actually like a shadow. They come and go quickly. Although the wicked may seem to meet with great success from the vantage point of eternity, it is only fleeting, it is only transient, it is only temporary. On the other hand, it will go well for those who fear God by linking the lack of fearing the Lord with the failure to prolong one's day. We are pointing to us the fact that the fear of God will lengthen our lives. Thus, we have an implicit reference to heaven where the redeemed will enjoy life in the Lord's presence forever. Do not forget the, terms, the thoughts for today. God's sword is dangling over-ended enemies adding enemies of the cross i pray you will not be an enemy of the cross in jesus name let us pray lord want to say thank you for your word help us a lot to depart from evil whenever we sin we are counted as wicked people help us a lot to repent of our wickedness and give us the grace to live above sin this early day we pray that it will be a restful one for most of us as many that will still go to work you strengthen them in jesus name also for many that have one thing or the other to accomplish we pray that you give them the grace to do so in jesus name help us O lord and give us victory in all our endeavors in jesus mighty name i have prayed amen
I'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do have a wonderful holiday. Cheers.